top stories of the week. Morrison learns the price of true friendship. Also, Ben Robert Smith wishes he was back in Afghanistan where he was safer. And Americans continue to pretend they'll hold Trump to account. This is News Weekly and your mama's an apartheid state. Hello, I'm Sammy Shah and this is News Weekly, where we punch the news in the headlines weekly. Putting the uh in journalism news now, it's not been an easy time for Prime Minister Scott Morrison. Just in the last few days, Grace Stame wouldn't smile at him. He was blamed for the shortage of rapid antigen tests and George Christensen is continuing to be George Christensen. So what's needed is a factory reset. The classic method of doing what has been done for, from time immemorial to head over to the National Press Club and deliver a speech that celebrates everything the Prime Minister has achieved so far and remind Australia that it voted for him and so it's getting what it deserves. He even opened with a bit of empathy. It has been tough raising your family, keeping your job, doing your job. And I don't doubt many have stayed awake at night after telling their kids or those they care for or those they employ it's all going to be okay but wondering themselves in the quiet of that night whether it really will be that sounded like an excerpt from the prime minister's diary given that he's got to be keeping up at night himself after the latest polls on a two-party preferred basis, news poll puts Labor on a margin uh, ahead on a margin of 56 to 44. That's the lowest the Liberal Party has polled since 2018, when Malcolm Turnbull was Prime Minister and the low poll numbers led to a leadership challenge which resulted in Scott Morrison becoming the PM. And it's not just people liking Labor more than before, they're liking Anthony Albanese a lot more too. As a preferred Prime Minister, Labor's Anthony Albanese has also narrowed the margin between himself and Scott Morrison with just two points separating them for the first time. Now, there's a few things to keep in mind here. Anthony Albanese is closing the gap, but Scott Morrison is still the preferred Prime Minister, those two points being a two-point lead. So, according to the polls, majority of Australians still prefer Scott Morrison as their Prime Minister, which means majority of Australians think everything is going exactly according to plan. Majority of Australians also think the Wiggles covering a terrible tame Impala song, Terribly, was the best song of 2021. So, you know, maybe majority of Australians don't just want Scott Morrison, they deserve to get him good and hard. The important thing to remember here is that polls are completely bullshit. Remember how the polls predicted a 2019 win for Labour? Or that Brexit wouldn't happen? Or that Hillary Clinton would win the 2016 election? Basically, polls are about as accurate as the tarot. You've got more chance of scientific accuracy from that friend of yours who starts every sentence with, as a Sagittarius. Oh sure, a lot of people are now arguing that the polling methods have since been fixed and they're more accurate, but that's the same thing a tarot reader says when you point out that you got divorced twice, even though they said you'd be married forever before your first marriage. 
So once the Prime Minister was done with his speech, did the press focus on major issues facing Australia? Things like our potential involvement in a Russian invasion of Ukraine? Or perhaps ongoing trade relations with China? What forward-looking measures the government is putting in place for the next COVID variant? How the economy might survive the current drop in interest rates? You know, important stuff that the Australian public expect the journalists who steward this nation's trust to ask. Can you tell me the price of a loaf of bread, a litre of petrol and a rapid antigen test? Is Morrison going on a grocery run? He's the Prime Minister. Of course he doesn't know how much milk costs. I don't know and I'm a failed podcaster. What is this, season two of Succession? How much is a gallon of milk? What? How much is a gallon of milk? I don't know. I mean, who the fuck knows, Dad? Literally, no one knows. Who gives a shit? Ray! Yeah. How much... Is a gallon of milk. Uh, uh, well, I mean, like a regular milk or... You know what? That's a valid question. And it's one that Scott Morrison mentioned when talking to Sunrise the next day, justifying his inability to tell us how much milk and bread cost. I mean, but it depends which bread. I mean, how many different types of bread have people got in their homes these days? How many types of different mark? Milk. I mean, not even all the milk actually comes from a cow anymore. So at this point, all of Australia is living through a real-life version of the 2010 Paul's Milk ad. A bottle of milk, thanks. Low fat, no fat, full cream, high calcium, high protein soy, light skim, omega-3, high calcium with vitamin D and folate or extra dollop. Uh... Uh, I just want milk to taste like real milk. And then, once they've established that Morrison wouldn't pass the milk bar test, journalists focus on the next most important thing in Australia that needs the Prime Minister's attention right now. I've been provided with a text message exchange between the former New South Wales Premier Mm -hmm. and a current Liberal Cabinet Minister. I've got them right here. In one, she describes you as, quote, a horrible, horrible person, going on to say she did not trust you and you're more concerned with politics than people. The minister is even more scathing, describing you as a fraud and, quote, a complete psycho. Does this exchange surprise you? And what do you think it tells us? So basically, we're at the Gladys who sits two rows down in geometry class said your breath stinks and all the girls say you have BO level of journalism now. That question, by the way, came from Peter Van Onselen, who spent last week defending his column demanding Grace Team smile more and is currently facing a civil action by journalist Tegan George, who alleges he bullied her in the workplace. The Prime Minister, to his credit, dismissed the text messages allegedly sent by a former New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian, probably because they were a lot milder than most text messages his colleagues send each other about him. Well, I don't know who you're referring to, Um, or the basis of what you've put to me. Um, But I obviously don't agree with it, and I don't think that's my record. So now we can move on to focus on bigger issues, right? But even more damaging, though, were allegations of leaked texts between Gladys Berejiklian and a current cabinet minister. Trudy, are we any closer to finding out which minister sent those texts? The supposed texts were exchanged two years ago. Foreign Minister Maurice Payne won to actually say in a statement that she had categorically no involvement in this. The Deputy PM not so sure. I would suggest that if you know anything about this, don't wait to be outed. Out yourself and give an explanation. Well, these are extraordinary text messages uh, from the people who know Scott Morrison the best. There's still someone there trying to do you in. 
I really don't care, Ali. Matt Keane this morning is, of course, the State Minister and he took matters into his own hands this morning after noting the rumours circulating. I've checked all my records. I've got no uh, evidence that Gladys Berejiklian has ever texted me. Clearly at this point, this is something that speaks not just to the Prime Minister's reputation among his peers, but also how politicians in Canberra are expected to conduct themselves. Here's Liberal MP Jason Felinski. Whoever did this, um, I think, has failed a pretty fundamental character test. And that's true. Canberra politicians cannot and should not go around saying awful things about the Prime Minister as if he's some alleged rape victim's boyfriend. You know, the way Scott Morrison's office apparently backgrounded against Brittany Higgins' partner. Or that time Linda Reynolds called Brittany Higgins a, quote, lying cow. Scott Morrison deserves to be treated better than his office treats other people. Yeah, did that hurt? Oh, no one cares if the Prime Minister's feelings hurt, and, and, and I understand that. It doesn't matter. Well, he's not wrong about that. OK, 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 Sammy, I hear you say. Fine, Mr. Sit on the sidelines and criticise. What would you have focused on from the National Press Club event then? Oh, I don't know. How about the moment when the Prime Minister admitted he wishes he'd put the military in charge of COVID response? If I had my time over, I would have put it under a military operation from the outset and not later in the year. Is that really what he wishes he'd done? Given more authority to Peter Dutton in managing this outbreak? Put Australia's peacekeeping force in charge of its own civilian population? I mean, I don't know, that seems like a pretty shocking admission to me. One definitely worthy of more attention. Maybe next time Gladys Berejiklian can text her friends about it, and that might be the only way the journalists pay attention. So what instead have journalists focused on? Well, here's leader of the opposition, Anthony Albanese, being interviewed on Breakfast TV. Hey, um, we know that the PM got stumped by the cost of bread and milk um, the other day. You, of course, are across household oh, here we items. Go. Here we go. For your female voters, can you give us the price of a box of Carefree? <laughs> no, no, I can't. I live, I, I live with my son, uh, who's 21 years old, and I, I, I assure you, uh, that is something I gotcha. can't. I can tell you the, the price. You, you have? I, Maybe someone can tell me the price of, I don't know, journalism? Is he worse at this than Christian Porter news now? Victoria Cross recipient Ben Robert Smith's trial is continuing, with a fellow soldier now claiming the events that earned him the Victoria Cross may have been falsified. He recounted a mission in Afghanistan on Easter Sunday in 2009. RS then walked down and grabbed the Afghan male by the scruff of the shirt, picked him up, marched him a couple of metres forward, he told the court. He then kicked him in the back of the legs behind the knees until he was kneeling down. He pointed to the Afghan man and said to another soldier, person four, shoot him. The witness told the court he went into a room as he didn't want to see the man be killed. I heard a single suppressed shot, he said. When he came back, he saw the body of the Afghan man saying person four seemed to be in a bit of shock. Then the witness recalled not long after RS was walking up, he had another Afghan male by the scruff of his clothing. He had his machine gun. Then I observed him shoot approximately three to five rounds into the back of the Afghan male. So at this point, the trial has heard of how Ben Robert Smith might have shot one Afghan man in the back, instructed someone to shoot another one and kicked a third man off a cliff. By the way, all this information is coming to light because Ben Robert Smith sued multiple news outlets for their coverage of allegations against him. 
So if he hadn't sued them, we wouldn't know this. He was previously ordered to pay the legal costs of his ex-wife after unsuccessfully trying to sue her in the federal court over allegations she accessed confidential emails. At this point, the only thing Ben Robert Smith is better at shooting than Afghan men in the back is his own foot. Yeah, I went there. It was a cheap joke and I went there. And you know what? I'm not even ashamed of myself for it. Okay, maybe I'm a little bit ashamed. Make America gyrate again news now. In America, the investigation into Donald Trump's involvement in the January 6th riots on the Capitol and attempts to overthrow the election results continue, with investigators finding all kinds of new evidence. The January 6th committee is now zeroing in on former President Trump's attempt to seize state voting machines in an effort to overturn the presidential election. Trump also considered an executive order allowing the Pentagon to use military forces to seize voting machines. It turns out the man that 74 million Americans voted for in the 2020 election tried to get the Pentagon and the Department of Defense to grab the voting machines, which is hilarious because in Pakistan all we use is two guys in a motorcycle carrying machine guns next to each polling booth. Americans cannot coup. The investigating committee is being painstaking in its attempt to prove Trump's involvement in the January 6th riots. As the investigation continues, the committee is literally piecing together documents from the Trump White House. Some of them have arrived in pieces. The National Archives explaining in a statement the documents were, quote, torn up by former President Trump. Someone buy the man a paper shredder at least? Do you know how long it must have taken him to tear up all those pages with his small, small hands? If only the committee could find some proof that Trump was definitely guilty. Some kind of, I don't know, admission of sympathy for those involved in the attempted coup. You know, like if he was at a rally just a few days ago talking about how he'd protect everyone involved if he got re-elected. Something like that would be amazing to get. If I run and if I win, we will treat those people from January 6th fairly. We will treat them fairly. And if it requires pardons, we will give them pardons because they are being treated so unfairly. If these radical, vicious, racist prosecutors do anything wrong or illegal, I hope we are going to have in this country the biggest protest we have ever had in Washington, D.C., in New York, in Atlanta, and elsewhere, because our country and our elections are corrupt. They're corrupt. I love that he named three cities, then just gave up, because let's be honest, he couldn't name any more. You know what's weird? I miss him. I miss having that batshit crazy president in charge of America just being openly weird. It made American politics fun. When was the last time anyone heard a thing Biden said? I don't even remember what Kamala Harris looked like. America has a South Asian vice president and I'm not even excited about it. At least with Trump, you knew you were getting some entertainment. I'm trying to save the USA, which is in the worst condition and position that I believe it has ever been in. I mean, he's not wrong. America does suck. 
That's it for this week's edition of News Weekly. As always, you can find me on patreon.com slash samishah. That's S-A-M-I-S-H-A-H. Please head over to iTunes if you like this podcast. Leave a review, leave a rating. It really helps with the, the rankings and all of that jargon. Otherwise, I'll see you right back here next week on the next edition of News Weekly, where we punch the news in the headlines weekly. Weekly.